It's the 8th of June and I'm recording with Mark Lieb, former FIA World Endurance Champion and Porsche Factory motor racing driver, who is at 24 Hours of Le Mans while I'm on the other side of the English Channel. Mark thrived in the world of endurance racing for nearly two decades. He won the FIA GT Championship in 2003 and 2005 and the European Le Mans series in 2005, 2006, 2009 and 2010. He also dominated the 24 hours Nürburgring, winning it four times. Live from the 100th 24 hours of Le Mans, a race he won in 2016, Mark recalls the moment that jump-started his career. He also tells us why Le Mans is so special and gives us a unique insight into the mind of an endurance racing driver. I'm Theo van den Bruecke. Welcome to The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. Mark Lieb, champion racing driver. Thank you so much for joining me at The Edge. I'm really excited to have you here. So the first question, Mark, is when and how did you realize you wanted to become a professional driver? Actually, um, that was quite early when I was a young kid. Um, I was really interested into motorsport, into racing. My dad and my grandfather were big racing fans, uh, never been really involved in racing. So I started go-karting when I was five years old. And I mean, first time you sit in a go-kart with an engine, uh, you definitely, you know, yeah, it started to, to become a dream to become a professional racing driver in, in that early stage. I mean, we did it as a hobby, but uh, it was quite clear that uh, this would be my dream job. Fantastic. Okay. That, that's that's uh, an amazing thing to realize so young. Um, did you know that you wanted to become an endurance driver from the beginning? Uh, to be honest, not. I mean, everyone who's doing go-karts and single-seaters when you're young, you're dreaming about Formula One. That's uh, that's the ultimate goal um, of a racing driver. But um, my dad was working for Porsche in the 80s. Uh, you know, he did his apprenticeship, so he's a Porsche guy. So I was always following uh, sports cars and uh, especially the 80s with the Group C, the 956, the 962. Uh, my first... Um, racing suit in go-karts was a replica of Rothmann's Porsche. So uh, I knew about sports cars and I always loved it, enjoyed it. Um, we always drove to Hockenheim uh, when the sports cars were driving. So I always had it in, you know, in my mind and endurance racing, um, but it actually really became a lot clearer when I joined Porsche in 2000 as a Porsche junior driver, where single-seater was basically over the career and then the sports car career started. And I have to say, um, it's just a beautiful um, type of racing, uh, the, the team sport, you know, it's such a, a big effort. So I really enjoy doing it and uh, I think it's, it's, it's a great category of motorsport. Um, I get the sense that it's a much more kind of purist sport for real motoring enthusiasts. Would you say that's correct? Um, yes, I mean, for sure, uh, you know, when you compare it to Formula 1, Formula 1 is... Uh, is probably the, the the bigger show and it, more people know about uh, F1 than probably sports car racing. But when you look at uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans, it's just one of these uh, races everyone or most of the people know. It's one of the biggest events in motorsports when you have the Indy 500, Monaco Grand Prix. It's probably then 24 hours of Le Mans. So um, I think it's pure because you have these um, amateurs, you have professionals, everyone is racing together, everyone wants to uh, just enjoy the driving, uh, enjoy the challenge. Um, uh, you know, attacking attacking this uh, this um, Mount Everest of of a race. You know, a 24 hour race is so long. You need so many people. 
so many mechanics. Um, it's such a big team effort and it's such a special place. And that's why, you know, it's probably one of the purest um, motorsport categories we have. So was there a key moment that has defined your career thus far? In my opinion, or in my, in my case, definitely was uh, when I joined Porsche in uh, 2000 because I was a, uh, you know, a poor uh, young racing driver who, who was dreaming about a single-seater career. And basically my career was finished because we were running out of budget. I didn't have a management. And then the opportunity came up with, uh, with Porsche to join the junior team. And that de definitely gave me the opportunity to become a professional racing driver and uh, to be able to do motorsports on a professional way, um, to, uh, you know, to, to make, uh, make a living out of it. So this definitely was, uh, was a changing point in my career. And I'm really thankful um, that I could do this for, you know, almost 17 years with Porsche. And it's just, a, it was a great journey. And uh, definitely the invitation at that time in February 2000, when I got the, the letter from Porsche that they doing a junior shootout. And if I would take part, I uh, would like to take part was uh, the change point of my career yeah it's amazing hearing all the cars in the background there <laughs> just to explain it to listeners it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's actually the porsche carrera cup so um they are racing right now so they have uh, their free practice too so it's a uh, it's a nice background having a, 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 a around 65 uh 911 gt3 cup cars running uh it's uh, it's amazing wow wow that's a, that's a perfect backdrop is that you couldn't make it up um tell us about the first race that you won and how it felt you win races already in go-kart so the, the feeling crossing the line first is is always special and uh, uh when you look at big races you win of course it's it's even more special but uh, i would say the the biggest one um where I really, you know, which was one was very important was my first win in a Porsche. And this was in, in 2002 in the junior team. And um, this felt so good because it just was such a relief because, uh, you know, I was struggling a little bit for two years. I was very unlucky sometimes and never made it happen. And then suddenly when you win the, a race in a Porsche and uh, I will never forget this, uh, this feeling. And then there were so many other victories and, and moments and memories. So... But the first one in a Porsche uh, was very special and uh, I will never forget. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it, and what about the most difficult race you've ever had? Well, of course, when you have, <laughs> when you do so many races, they're really difficult ones as well. And, um, you know, probably also one which was very difficult, which we won was uh, in 2013, Mans. Um This was um, very difficult because, you know, we lost a, uh, we lost a friend, we lost a mate in, in, in the race. So it was Alan Simonson, a uh, Danish driver who drove for, for Aston Martin. And uh, he had a crash in like the third lap of the race. And uh, I was racing, I was doing the start. So I could see um, the accident behind me in the rear mirror. And um, this was uh, the toughest moment in my career to basically, you know, you, you're getting out of the car after f the first two hours. Um, you don't know what really happened. You ask the team, you know, is he okay? You don't know. And then like uh, one or two hours later, I was having, I was having dinner. Um, you know, the news came out that, uh, that he died. And then to continue the race uh, and to motivate yourself to going back into the car uh, was one of the toughest challenges I ever had. And this was, uh, it's actually 10 years ago now. So it was in 2013. And um, it's, uh, it was tough and it was uh, one of the worst races I've ever, I ever did. God, I bet. I mean, does, that, does something like that make you think twice about racing again? 
No, because we all do. Uh, we all have the passion. We know that we, you know, we have the risk. The risk will always be there. I mean, safety. There's so much things uh, which has been done over the years uh, with safety compared to you know when I started in 2000 and now how safe the cars are. Um, you have to say they're always developing this. Uh, but at the end, there's still the risk, you know. But we all know about it, and uh, we just love and we are passionate about the sports and. Uh, um, we will always, uh, you know, continue racing because uh, that's what we all, that's what we all love, and uh, that's that's why we're doing it. What do you think matters most in the process of winning an endurance race? Is it the car? Is it the drivers? Is it, is it the circuit? What's what's the kind of key element? Wow, that's very difficult because there's so. I mean, you mentioned all the key elements. It's uh, it's basically a team sport. You need a good car. You need a good team. Uh, you need the good drivers. Uh, you need a, the preparation has to be done. You know, such a process, for example, with the 963, I mean, how many endurance runs they do before the 24 race in Le Mans. You start already uh, the year before in December with the first endurance test. You do like 36 hours, uh, then you do another one in February, you do another one in, uh, in May. So this is just the preparation you need, the details, development uh, from the manufacturers, the engineers, uh, mechanics. So it's a big operation. And uh, you just need a little, uh, you know, it's like a recipe. You need everything in the right amount and uh, in the best way. And then you can uh, win races. But it's, uh, it's very complicated. It's a complicated sport because it's so technically as well. Um, and uh, for me, the guy who's driving the truck to the racetrack has the same, you know, the same amount of, uh, uh, like, part of, of the team effort. And when we win races, uh, the truck driver is also the guy who won the race, in my opinion. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, how do you deal with the pressure, though? Because, yeah, obviously, that's that's all great. But the reality is the driver on the track is the person who, as we've just discussed, is taking the risk and is doing the kind of real grunt work of the thing. Um, how do you deal with the pressure of that? And you, you grow into it. Um, of course, uh, that the pressure is always there because everyone is looking at you. And as a driver, um, especially in motorsport, uh, your performance is so, vis- is, is so visible. I mean, you now, nowadays, you look at the lap times, you have sector times. Everything you do is obvious, is clear, and it's comparable. So this is one part of the, of the pressure you have to handle. If you're not having a great day and your teammates are faster, you have to accept that. And on the other hand, you know, you're driving for a big operation like Porsche Motorsport. Uh, the board members are there. There's a lot of pressure. They expect you to win. Uh, and if you do a small little mistake in the race, it can be over. And all the preparation for years, months, weeks, money, you know, effort from the other team, uh, you're responsible for it. So there's pressure, but you can handle it and you can cope with it. But yes, uh, I can tell you before the start of the 24-hour race, like the few minutes before, you're really shitting yourself it's just really really tough it's really really hard to uh, uh to feel the pressure and it always gives me goosebumps even today when i'm before the start watching the driver standing out there even though i'm not driving myself it's just unbelievable to get the atmosphere and i always get goosebumps at le mans i bet it's okay so let's talk about le mans in honor of the centenary which is this weekend which is a very big moment for the race Let's go back to your time. When did you first attend the race and how did it feel? What did it kind of incite in, in, in you? Did, um, were you nervous? Did you have any hopes of winning? Um, you know, in, in back in the days, it was in 2003 was my first Le Mans. Uh, we were, as a factory driver, we didn't have a full factory program. So we were 
um, you know, sent to customer racing teams in GT. And uh, for me, it was just a great opportunity. Um, they told me, yeah, you, this year you can drive Le Mans. I was like, oh, that's very cool. You know, I know the, the movie Le Mans, Stephen McQueen. So you have already like a feeling that it's a big race and it's, it's a huge opportunity. But this is, I mean, so far away from the reality because when you are here, when you enter the track, when you enter this, this week, it just completely blows you away. I mean, the, 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 sh the, the, the greatness, the, the atmosphere, the people here, everyone, the, the whole city, it's just something you really have to feel and you have to um, come here and, and get the experience because it's, it's amazing and it's just so, so big. And on the weekend, um, I'm looking a little bit after Axel Lundswindal, who's actually racing in the Korea Cup and he came here and he, you know, this is a guy he, he has done the, the Kitzbühel race and, uh, you know, downhill skier, completely crazy. And he came here and he said, oh, everything is so big. It's amazing. I said, yeah, it is. It's absolutely amazing. And this is uh, the special atmosphere in Le Mans. It's just huge. It's this uh, heritage. It's this uh, greatness. It's such a cool format. I think everything is perfect, in my opinion. It's just how every race should be like that in the, in the whole world. It's just fantastic. Amazing. Let's talk about your 2016 win. Um, how did you, specifically, how did you prepare for it? And how did you go into that race feeling? Um, it was already the, the third year for myself in the, in the big category, in the prototype. So before that, we were, I was always racing in a GT category and, you know, at the beginning in 14, 15, everything was uh, really exciting and the, the pressure was building up and I really wanted to win that race in 16. Uh, I knew we had a great car, uh, great teammates and we were prepared well, but you need luck to win that race. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, you can, you can be on your peak performance, everything can go right. You have a, and you have an accident, you're out, uh, you, you know, you crash with a slower car or you have a puncture or something. So this is something you just, you can't, you, you can't control. And um, the approach was definitely to, to go there to just trying to, to perform on my, on the best way I can, I can. And um, this was the ultimate goal to be there and uh, to show the best Mark Lieb it's possible. Uh, that's how I prepared uh, mentally, physically uh, with the team. And uh, it was a really good spirit because, you know, it just, it went like that. I was very happy with, uh, you know, most of the time. So let's say 99% of the, of the, the driving you do afterwards, you hop out and you, th you think like, ah, I could have done that a little bit better. Mm, I had a small mistake there. And it's always this type of, um, you know, self-criticism you always do, or at least what I did. And um, 2016 Le Mans was one of these races where you hop out of the car and I was really satisfied with my own performance, which is very rare. And that's why I rate this, this race very high. And I got out of the car after three or four hours and I was just happy because I was really happy with the performance I did. And this is something which is very rare and that's why 16 was very special. And uh, as I said before, you need the luck to win it. And we had it as well. So this is something, you know, this uh, with the Toyota stopping on track uh, four minutes to the end, he was leading the race. We were quite unlucky before that. We were always catching back and then we had a puncture or we had some incidents. Um, it was a tough one. Um, and at the end, uh, we just got, we got the race win, uh, which was unreal, um, surreal, uh, to be honest, because the feelings, the mixed emotions we had was just, uh, I've never experienced it ever in my life. 
seeing other competitors, you know, stopping on track four minutes before the race because you know, you understand that they did the same thing. They did also the preparation. They had the long endurance test. They had uh, they prepared physically, mentally, all the effort they put into this race. So it was really tough to see. And on the other hand, being so I mean so happy uh, to win that race, and it was just uh, crazy because the, you I mean this is something I really can't describe um, to being so lucky, so happy to win that race. On the other hand, being also sad and feeling for them because they were not able to get that victory they deserved as well in my opinion uh, how long do you allow yourself to kind of revel in the glory like are you thinking very quickly afterwards right i've got to prepare for the next race now like what how how long can you luxuriate well it's, it depends on you know but uh normally after le mans is it's already before le mans so, you know, you have like maybe the Monday and the Tuesday, really, you're really exhausted. You're sleeping the whole day. You're enjoying your victory. You have some interviews and some stuff, which probably takes another week. And then the preparation and your head is already thinking about next year. Uh, that's the truth. I mean, uh, it's the, the race is, uh, it's always a continuous preparation. And, uh, but it's, this is why it's always also so special because this is the highlight of the year and that's that's what you prepare for. I mean, it's a weird thing though, right? Like your entire year's work is kind of predicated on this very brief, I mean, it's not that brief, obviously it's 24 hours, but a, a very brief moment. Um, that's a lot of pressure. There, there must be, you must know that there's like a time limit on that. You must know that you're not going to be able to do that forever. Yeah, it's true. Um, there's, um, I mean, we have, I have uh, friends, driver colleagues who, who's, who are doing their 25th Le Mans or something now. Uh, and this is, you know, I really don't know how they do it because it's so mentally exhausting. And uh, these guys, they're just, uh, they can't stop. It's like an addiction. And um, it's, it's crazy, yes, because, you know, all what we do is for one race per year. And... Uh, Yes, we have the WC Championship, the World Endurance Championship. Uh, we are racing and it's nice to win the championship and it's nice to win uh, at the end of the year and you can call yourself a world champion. But to be honest, a 24-hour at Le Mans victory is so much more important for us than, than the world championship, which is crazy, you know. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of the uh, three FAA World Endurance cha uh, FAA World Championships next to Formula 1, next to the Formula E and, and the Rally Championship. It's the World Endurance Championship. But Le Mans is so much bigger than, than this. It's just, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. I guess that is kind of mad. It must, it must irritate the organizers of the other race. Um, yeah, and this is something, you know, why they, it's, it's, it's why the championship is, is probably also a little bit uh, struggling, you know, because it's not struggling, but it's not, it doesn't have the attention like the other championships, but all the attention, you know, all the media interest, the sponsors, the guests, they just want to go, I mean, they want to experience Le Mans. And that's why everyone is focusing on this event. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a special place. Yeah. Um, how did you find your transition from racing into the press department at Porsche? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I was a guy who always um, tried to, you know, to, to be on, on two pathways. So I always uh, made sure I finished my school correctly, that I go to university, that I do my studies 
So I went uh, into the engineering department, I uh, studied engineering, did my bachelor degree, um, was working at Porsche part-time uh, before the Le Mans project. And uh, afterwards then, um, you know, I decided that, um, you know, I want to use my my degrees and I want to use my education to do something else to also probably give something back to the company because I was so grateful that they gave me the opportunity to drive races uh, to make a living out of it and uh, for me it was clear that I will stop um, early and then uh, continue working and uh, it was it was a nice transition uh, you know I worked four years in the customer racing department taking care of the GT uh, customers there uh, it was a great experience, and now uh, in the being in the communications department, uh, taking care about the, the sports communication is is really cool. It's just uh, uh, completely something else, and uh, also new. And I love you know learning new things, even though I'm 43 years old. That just always drives me uh, when I when I learn new things, new stuff, new people understand how big companies are, are working and uh, with the knowledge and the experience in sports I have you know I can contribute uh, my knowledge into the into this this department as well but on the other hand I can also learn so much uh, what is going on uh, on their side so it's it's a great fit for the moment uh, I'm very happy where I am at the moment so but yeah the transition I can be honest was not easy I mean as a racing driver you live your life uh, the only focus is to drive fast and uh, to be uh, competitive there and uh, you have uh, you know you focus on the racing and uh, then I remember the first three months I was in the office or the first day uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon I was like oh this is a really a long day I mean when you start at, at 8 30 and then it's like I don't know how to do this uh, but you get used to it and uh, it's it's fine now so I'm I'm uh, after a few weeks, I was uh, fully into the, the work work mode and uh, the racing driver was, was history. It's a different type of endurance race, being in an office. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's, a lo- it's a longer race. Um, finally, Mark, I guess, what advice would you give to aspiring young racers who dream of following in your footsteps and making a career out of professional motorsport? I think the most important thing is the, is the passion. Uh, I think that's... You need to have that passion for for the sport, uh, and you have to be a hard worker. You know, it's always improving yourself, con- continuously uh, improving, learning. Um, yeah, and sometimes being patient. It's just not always uh, going up uh, uh, as you would like to do it. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, live your dream. Fantastic! What a lovely way to end. Mark Lieb, thank you so much for joining me at the Edge, and I hope you enjoy Le Mans. Uh, definitely will enjoy them more. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge. If you'd like to listen to more episodes like this one, have a listen to our interviews with racing drivers Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez and Alexander Rossi. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us five stars. It does make a difference. Thank you so much to Mark Lieb for joining us. I'm your host, Theo van den Bruecke, and I'll be back next month with another episode of The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. See you soon.